0: Welcome to the Central Christian Church Podcast. We pray this message helps you find and follow Jesus. If you would like to connect with us more, please visit us at centralsj.org. Now for our meditation today, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. It says, In a large house, There are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. This morning, my aim is not to expound on these verses, But something that the Lord taught me, I want to share with you from this purpose, uh, from these verses. Now, as you read these verses, we realize that as Christians, as born-again believers, God has called each one of us to do noble work. God has called each one of us to be useful to the master. God has also called each one of us to do good. Now throughout the Bible, we come across men and women who are masterpieces of God. People who went on to accomplish the purpose upon their life or people who went on to accomplish the mission that God had entrusted upon their life. Men and women who were very successful in their lives and who contributed greatly to the work of God and helped their community. Now, when we think of people who were highly successful and people who held high offices and honored God through their lives, we can't but think of Joseph, Daniel, David, and Moses. All of these men held very high offices in their lives. However, when we look at them, when we look at their history, all of them came from very humble backgrounds. There was nothing great to boast about their fast. There was nothing great to boast about their childhood. They have had the worst in their lives. Yet, they rose to the highest position in their country and honored God through their lives and helped their community. Now, look at Joseph. From being in the pit to the highest officer in the whole country, Daniel from being a refugee to the best administrator in all of the world. David, from being a shepherd boy to one of the greatest greatest kings that this world has ever known. Moses, from being nobody in the desert to one of the greatest deliverers that the history has ever known. All of them had difficult background in their lives. Though they were in bad situation, they did not compromise their core values. Though they were in difficult situation, they did not compromise the Christian principles in their lives. They did not compromise those principles in order to come up in their lives. Yet, they held the highest offices in their country. Now, this morning we want to look at what made them great. How did they move from being in the prison, being in a pit, to the position of prime minister and kingship. So today, I want to encourage you, if you are feeling that you are in a bad shape, and you may be feeling there is nothing to look forward to, please remember, these men were in worse situation than what you are in today. They were in prison and they were in pit. And we are not in the prison today. We have the privilege of worshipping Christ in a beautiful sanctuary. Secondly, they went through tremendous times of hardships before they became what they became in their life. So my friend, if you feel that you are going through some difficult times now, if you feel that your job is not very exciting, and if you feel there is nothing to look forward to in the future, remember... Many of these men didn't have exciting jobs or an easy life before what they became in their lives. So, how did they become what they became? How did they accomplish the mission of God that was entrusted upon their lives? How did they go on to please God and bring glory to God and accomplish what God wanted them to accomplish? I just want to look at some of their qualities. This morning First of all They accomplished the mission By being determined to overcome Hurdles that came on their way They were so determined To accomplish To the calling of God Upon their lives For Joseph It was the hurdle Of rejection by his brothers Hurdle of being sold And not being in control of his life Hurdle of temptation And false accusation For David, it was the hurdle of his brothers accusing him. Having to prove himself in front of his brothers and the army. Jealousy of Saul and having to run for his life. For Daniel, it was his colleagues being against and jealous of him. And him being honest and not being liked by others. For Moses, it was his own people betraying him. Now was it? easy for them to overcome all these hurdles no my friends they had to be determined to overcome these hurdles and these hurdles and fight very hard in their lives they had to fight hard within themselves saying no i am not going to give up i will hold on to god given god given vision i will hold on to god given promises and trust him for a bright future in my life they believed that tomorrow is going to be better than today. The best is yet to come. With God's help, I shall overcome. Now, I want to ask a question. Did they face all these hurdles because their intentions were not good? Or did they have selfish motives? No. As you study their lives, they, they had the right intentions. Their intentions were good. It was not selfish. They wanted to glorify God in their lives. And I want, I want to remind you this morning, whether in your own personal life or in the place where God has placed you, if you want to achieve something for God, not only for God, or even if you want to achieve something in your life, you must be determined to overcome hurdles that come on your way. Just because our intentions are good, just because our motives are good and there is no selfishness, that does not mean you will not have hurdles. When you want to reach out to your neighborhood, there will be hurdles. There will be problems. There will be difficulties. When you want to reach out or show the love of Christ beyond the borders of U.S., he has because the Lord has commanded us to do so, there will be hurdles, there will be difficulties. You want to start something new. you want to have, you have a bright idea and you want to make it happen. Will there be hurdles? Yes, there will be hurdles. When you set out to achieve something in life, or in ministry, will there be hurdles? Yes, there will be hurdles. You want to start a Bible study group? You want to build a church? You want to reach out to your friends and neighbors? Will there be hurdles? Yes, my friends, there will be hurdles. You want to be involved in ministry? Be sure that you know that there are going to be hurdles. You want to start a children home? You want to grow as a Christian? Hurdles will be there. Now if you think just because your intentions are good, your motives are good, that people are going to come and say, oh my brother, how great you are. You are doing a great ministry. You are wrong. You will always have people, even people from the church, the very person who is supposed to encourage you in ministry will come and criticize you. And if you are going to do things only based on what people are going to do or say, you will not achieve much in life. My friend, if God has called you to do something, go ahead and do it. Don't wait for, don't start your ministry based on what people are saying about you. Because it is not them who has called you, it is God who has called you to do. It's God who has brought you to that place. The only place we have is only two options. When these sort of things happen, Either to say, I give up. And unfortunately, most Christians do that. That's why churches are not growing today. We want to do something. But when we hear people say something, we want to give up. Or to say, no matter what they say, I am determined. No matter what the hurdles are, I am determined to do what God has called us to do. You know, most of us are not able to achieve much in our lives because we easily give up. When hurdles come on our way, we are not determined to overcome them. When we start to work on something, it may be difficult. Finances may not be there. Difficult to get government permissions. You know, there are so many ministries. So many great projects today have not come to fruition because people give up too soon. Sometime you are doing something, God is about to bless, God is about to expand your boundary and you give up just at that time. Be determined. My brothers and sisters, God has given us a mission. Let us determine to achieve what he has entrusted to us. We need to be determined to resist temptation of giving up and be determined to overcome hurdles to achieve what God wants us to achieve. So, if you are waiting for all hurdles to be removed before you get involved in ministry, before you get involved in doing something for God, I have a bad news that's not going to happen. If you think you will get involved in ministry when all hurdles are removed, every criticism is removed, everybody is going, when everybody is praising you, my friend, you will not do any ministry. Amen. Remember, hurdles will be there. But we must be determined to move on in the midst of hurdles because the evil one, Satan, will be there to stop you. I hope you realize that as Christians. And we must move forward even in the middle of hurdles. So they were prepared to overcome the hurdles in order to accomplish the mission of God upon their life. Secondly, they were were determined to resist temptation in their life To accomplish the mission God had entrusted to them. No David had to resist the temptation of killing Saul. And taking revenge for what Saul was doing to him. Joseph had to resist the temptation of flesh. When he had the opportunity to sin. Daniel had to resist the temptation of taking revenge. On those officers who were jealous of him. He had to resist the temptation of not to pray. In order to keep his job. We all face temptations in our lives and in the work that God has entrusted to us. Temptation to give up. Temptation to enjoy the present and take the easy road in life. Temptation for unlawful gain. Temptation to accuse others and take revenge. As born again Christians the temptation we face may be temptation of discouragement. Temptation to give up. Temptation of saying I can't do this. Let somebody else do it. Temptation of not wanting to get involved. Why should I get involved in church? Why should I get involved in the lives of others? Temptation of, temptation of gratifying the flesh. Temptation to give up Christian faith and live as we like. And unfortunately, sometimes, even Christian believers, temptation of giving up on their marriage. We can all do that. Those are very easy things to do. But let me tell you, when you do that, you will not be a masterpiece for God. You will not be somebody who will be accomplishing the will of God in your lives. You will not be somebody who will accomplish the mission that God has entrusted upon your life. You know. Thirdly, they they accomplished the mission that was entrusted to them because when they fell, they got back with God quickly. They got right with God as quickly as possible. You know, David sinned in his life, but he made it a point to get right with God as soon as he realized that he had done something wrong. As human beings, we all face temptations in life. Sometimes we end up sinning in our life. But the key there is to realize we have sinned against God and and to get right with God as quickly as possible. You know, as far as I know, I have not come across anyone who has not sinned in his life. All of us have sinned, but the important thing is what we do with, with that is more important than whether we have sinned or not sinned. We have two choices. Once we, you know you have sinned, you can continue to remain in sin and cover up and sin more. Or you can come to God in repentance and get right with God as quickly as possible. Friends, I want to tell you the trap that Satan sets up for you. Once you sin, he will always come to you and say, you are not a saint. You have already sinned and God is not going to listen to you. That is, the, that is the lie of the evil one. God will listen to you no matter what you have done and how many times you have done if you are willing to come to him and get right with God. You know, Satan will come to you and say, you are not good enough to be involved in missions. You are not good enough to be involved in church or ministry. You yourself are not good enough and how can you minister to others? No, there is a secret which I learned many years ago. If you are waiting to become perfect before you can get involved in ministry, that will never happen. If you are waiting to become holy before you can do something for God, that is not going to happen. Because none of us will be perfect anytime. None of us are going to be holy enough to serve an almighty God. It is he who makes us perfect. It is he who makes us holy. Trust in his perfection. Trust in his holiness. Because it is he who is going to use you. You know, none of us are perfect, but God has forgiven us. Yes, we fail. But we need to get back quickly and get right with God and do what God has called us to do. Never to stay in the place where you have fallen, but try to get back to God as quickly as possible. So my brothers and sisters, let us not continue in sin. Because that is not going to be a solution. The only solution we have is to go down on our knees and ask for your forgiveness, ask for his forgiveness so that we can be masterpieces in his hand. We can be used mightily by God. Fourthly, they, were, they accomplished the mission of God upon their lives because they were determined to please God rather than man. You know, Joseph was not prepared to please God Potiphar's wife and enjoy all the benefit, benefits that he would have in his life For him it was a double benefit He could gratify his own flesh Plus enjoy all the benefits that would come along with it But he chose to please God And thus he became a masterpiece in God's hand Daniel chose not to bow down to the image that the king had made. He could have stopped praying for those few days when he knew his colleagues were trying to set a trap for him. Yet, he chose to please God and didn't care what the consequences would be, and God made him a masterpiece. You know, Moses and David too chose to please God rather than man, and thus God could use them. You know, sometimes in our desire to please man, we forget to please God. Are we pleasing God in the way we live our lives today? Are we pleasing God with what God has given us? Or are we pleasing ourselves with what He has given to us? Are we pleasing God with our position, gifting, talents that He has given to us? You know, this is something which we have to be constantly aware of. I... We had a situation in our, in our organization when the president of UBS Bank came to us and said, Saji, I'll give you one million dollars every year. I will build all your, all your buildings for next ten years. You don't need to worry about money. Only if you don't convert people to Christianity. I told him, Dr. Wolfley, I don't convert anybody. I just tell my story. And he said, You can sing Christian songs. You can say Christian story, but don't convert anybody. I said to him, my Dr. Uffley, you can keep your money. That is non-negotiable for us. And God just doubled our work the very next year. God is not a debtor to anybody. God will not forget the stand you have taken. I know you will have temporary hurdles and problems. But my God is with me, your God is with you. So take a stand for him. Don't just try to please man. You know, fifthly, they were determined to count for God so that they could accomplish the mission that was given to them. If you want to be used of God, then you must have a desire to count for God. How will you count for God? You count for God by doing what is close to God's heart. We can't count for God doing what we want to do. We count for God by doing what is close to the heart of God. We don't count for God by promotion or by position, but by fighting our greed for more. You don't count for God by having what we want, but by restraining in our, in our sexual desires. We don't count for God by wanting to become famous, but by restraining our desire for recognition and position. We don't count for God by getting discouraged at every hurdle and criticism, but by pressing forward. We don't count for God by feeding on our ego and pride, but by wanting to deal with our ego and being humble. Now, sometimes this may mean dirtying of our hand, doing what we may not like to do, getting involved in projects that are risky, preaching the gospel, rescuing those who are in bondage. When God puts these things into your heart and you obey and you are determined to count for God in those areas, you will become a masterpiece in the hand of God. Not just thinking about ourselves, not just thinking about our ambitions, our desire, but thinking about larger issues, issues that are on God's heart will make us count for God. I'm sure all of us want to count for god all of us want to be a masterpiece in the hand of god but friends are we willing to pay the price and are we willing to give up and give up on things that are not pleasing in the sight of god are we willing to overcome those hurdles that come on our way we being determined to resisting resisting temptation and pleasing god rather than man and having a desire to count for god Counting for God means things that are close to the heart of God becomes things that are close to your heart as well. Counting for God means you become His hands and His feet here on earth. Counting for God means we care for the hurting world as He would care for them. You know, it breaks my heart. There are so many hurting people in the world today. In different format. There are orphans, children... Young people sexually abused and there are people in countries like U.S. who are lonely, don't know where to go. There are so many who are hurting. As we walk on the streets even here in San Jose, you will find people who are hurting. I'm not saying physically. There are people who are hurting on every side. You can ignore them or you can say, I don't see them. Or you can say, I want to be his hands and feet in comforting them. God has called us to be his hands and his feet. You know, we have so many times, I have fought very hard with God in these areas. Girls, when you try to rescue them, you are risking your life. I have had some girls, one girl especially, who had lost her mother six months ago, and for the past three months, her own father was sexually abusing her. She could not take anymore. She ran away, and we had to take her into our home, though it was risky. We had a father who who was asking his wife uh, to be involved in sex trade so that he could drink alcohol. When his wife contracted HIV AIDS, he was forcing his own daughter to get involved so that he could drink. This is a evil world. There is so much sin. And we are the light of this world. We are the salt of this world. We can make a difference. And we need to believe in that. And when we get involved in broken lives as such as this, that is when we count for God. I am sure God wants all of us to be his masterpiece. He is longing for it and he is able to make us his masterpiece. But we must be willing to overcome hurdles, resist temptation and do what is close to the heart. And that's my prayer for each one of you today. That we will be... His hands and his feet. And we will become his masterpiece. And we will count for God. And before I close, I want you all to think of our third campus. Please pray as we double the ministry. As we rescue more hundreds and hundreds of more girls from sex trade. Hundreds and hundreds of more children. The enemy is not going to be happy. It's not just the physical pressure or the right wing Hindu group. It is a spiritual warfare. Pray that God will give us strength. God will allow us not to give up, but to hold on to him and his promise and to do what he has called us to do. Pray for that. Pray that that third campus will become a reality. Pray for the protection of Christian church in India. Pray that we don't give up on faith, but we will continue to do what God has called us to do. We would really appreciate your prayers for that. Thank you so much for being our partners in India in the ministry. We are grateful for your partnership. I want to assure you, the money, the prayer that you are investing into the, into the missions or into India is bearing fruit. So be encouraged, stand firm, and continue to do good work. Let's all stand as we close in prayer.